You're listening to the John Effect Podcast. This is episode 295. New listeners, welcome. Returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore Mackey, a.k.a. Christopher Ruiz, your master of ceremonies, Cuban roast in the flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the Afro-Latino Ryan Reynolds on these hoes, Cheekbone Jones, Three-Button Poppy, Bro Livia Pope, Juancito Fuego, John Quixote, John Stradamus, the Prince of Potomac, the Young OG, BKA, often imitated, never duplicated, cannot be replaced. Guys, it's a new week. I am back. I am back. Like, I'm back, 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 back. 295. Five episodes away from a milestone of 300 i'm just like wow like i remember and i'm I'm a broken record on this i remember they told me in the beginning you won't last three months you won't be here till the summer and i came out in april of 2016 and then they'll be like ah you won't be here six months ah you won't be here a year and i think it's funny because we're at Six and a half years. I'm still here. Center Peach and all. I'm still here. You know, people that I came into this game with, done. People that came before me, done. People that came after me, done. But John Salvatore is still holding court. But, you know, not trying to flex, just stating the facts, not trying to be shady, just stating the facts. Is it shade if it's true? Just saying. I'm just saying. But yeah, again, if you want to say three nice things about Jackie or myself that we are going to play on our year-end show, you know, email the show, the John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can email Jackie and John at JackieJohnPod at gmail.com. You want to text us? Let me give you the number to text the show. Hold on to your love. I said, hold on to your love. What is the number? Okay, so the number for the show, if you want to leave a message, 202-643-8776. You can text. You can leave a voicemail, and we will run those at the end of the year. But guys, this is a new series. This is the conclusion of this generational trilogy. The Roaring Twenties are here. I had such a blast recording. And I can't wait for you all to hear the five perspectives from our guests. Such 
dope content. Like when it makes sense, it makes sense to collaborate. You know, in the mix, there are going to be some familiar faces. There's going to be someone that is making their John Effect podcast debut. But I promise you this, this probably won't be our last collaboration. And, you know, someone special is returning to the show after, you know, not being on here for a good amount of time. My good friends. <laughs> you know what? Without further ado, the Roaring Twenties begins now. Twenties is back, and I am over the moon. I have one of my good girlfriends on the show. I, you know what? I'm gonna let my very, very, very special guest introduce herself. Well, hello there. It is I, Ty, or, or excuse me, Tylees. Hi, it's Tylees. For Good evening, beautiful. How are you? Good evening, beautiful. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. It's good to hear. It, the listeners out there may not know, like, me and Tylese talk very regularly. So yes. it's weird when I get on the podcast with people that I'm friends with that I have, like, regular conversations with to ask them how they're doing like I don't already know but right like what are you asking me that you know but okay my right mind. with the formality so it has been a minute um since you've been on the show you were on the show years ago yeah, it was years ago I want to say what like I don't know 18 years ago 15 years ago shit it was a while <laughs> right the bush was still in the office the last time that Charlize was on the show that's crazy I know but she's always in my heart and she's here yeah. so I want to thank you for agreeing to jump on the podcast I know a lot of the listeners are going to be wagging their tongues because contrary to what you think you are so <laughs> You and the girls are still heralded and discussed as some pioneers and some trailblazers in the podcast community. But that aside, it's all about you. The spotlight is on you. So we're going to get to the nitty gritty. So I want you to feel free to be as open as you'd like or as guarded as you like. It's really your story how you want to answer the questions okay I'm, I'm with it let's go 
All right, first question. Describe your 20s with a song title and why did you select that song? Wow, okay. Um, okay, my 20s with a song title, I'm gonna have to say Anita Baker, Fairy Tale. Okay, okay, I like it. We'll throw yeah. that. Why do you pick that song? I picked that song because that song literally is what my 20s was about. It was based on fairy tales. It was based on the story that I thought life was supposed to be like, you know, a, a, a Prince Charming, you know, they save you from your reality. You have all of these beautiful things that happen. I was literally in a fairy tale world. So mm -hmm. that's why I say fairy tale. And that Anita Baker song, let me tell you something, okay? It's true to life. If you have not heard fairy tales by Anita Baker, listen to it, okay? Because right. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna just give you some lyrics from it, right? Okay, so she goes, mm, 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 mm. Okay. She, said, she says that my mama told me that he's gonna ride up on his horse and take me away. And I'm gonna be so happy with him. We are gonna ride out of sight. But she never told me that we would curse, cry, scream, and lie, okay? She never told me that one day he would say goodbye. I'm just telling you, okay? Sometimes our realities are based on fairy tales and not the real nitty gritty of life. So that is my, my answer. Oh, I won't get too deep. There you go, boom. All right, next up. <laughs> what would you consider your greatest achievement of your 20s? My greatest achievement, I would say publishing my two books. And whistle. So yes, publishing my two books. I um I did have an editor and I had a graphic designer, but I basically wrote, well, not basically, I wrote everything, formatted everything, put everything together, researched, did everything all on my own, created my own publishing company for myself. So that would be my greatest accomplishment. Oh hell yes. Oh yeah. hell yes. The flip of that. What would you say your biggest regret of your 20s was if you had a regret? Ooh, I think my biggest regret would be focusing on trying to find a relationship and focusing on relationships. Like I was very just dumb, you know, just like, oh, we all? I've got to, I've got to find this person. Then when I got him, I'm like, I got to keep you with no matter what, we got to make this happen. You are my forever life. We can grow together, like girl, grow up. So yeah, that was my, my biggest regret is just focusing on, on relationships and not focusing on myself fully in that way. Okay, so this next question, this one is... What? I'll just ask it. It's, it's not anything that is singling you out I've asked this question to everyone that's recorded thus far okay. what was the cruelest thing that you've done in your 20s cruelest yes oh my goodness um cruelest in my 20s I, um oh okay I listen it, it took me a minute but I think I got something I was driving in a car and <laughs> as one does, as one does. <laughs> and I was with my friends. And when I'm, when I was in the car at the time, I was very impatient. 
very fuck out of my way, very I don't care. Yes. So it was actually someone that and this was before bike lanes. Okay. So it was it was somebody riding their bike in the yeah. street. And my ass in my 20s, I thought, hey, this is my world, my street. Bitch, what the fuck is you doing? So I'm like, excuse me. And he wouldn't move over. So I hit him with my side view mirror. I didn't hit him with my car technically, but I was able to get him with my side view mirror. And and I laughed. And it's not funny now that I think about it. You know? I'm sorry. Um, John, grow up. You're not supposed to be laughing at that. Okay. You know me. You know I ain't shit. Oh my God. And that was that was very cruel. Every time I'm telling you, every time I trip or if I'm like riding on one of them little electric scooters or something and something happens, I'm like, that's what you get. It's gonna be your karma. Every time you're on wheels, two wheels, you are going to fall because you hit that man. But fuck him, shit. He's in the damn way. So all right, that, that's my cruelest. We're gonna, we're gonna switch gears. <laughs> right. What did financial literacy mean to you in your 20s? Oh wow. Um it really didn't mean much. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I made money. I, I, when I was in my 20s, I had student loans and I was very um, concerned about paying off Howard. So I worked a lot of overtime. Like I was working stupid hours, um, almost like 15 hour days sometimes. So uh, I was really just focused on paying off my student loans. And then as soon as I did that, I was like, wow, I can just do whatever I want with my money. And I, I forgot about saving. I just, yeah. So yeah, financial what? I didn't really think about it when I was 20. I just wanted to pay shit off. And then once I paid everything off, I just kind of went gung ho. So, okay, yeah. Did you feel the pressures in society to conform to the, the norms at that time as a 20 something? You know, I think I did. Just uh, subconsciously looking back, I feel like I did because I felt like I had to, um, especially coming out of college age, you have to basically have a career, you have right. to have a successful relationship, working on a family if you don't already have one, and you and you also have to have some type of passion that actually you can show somebody your passion. So I felt like I had to do all of these things so I could show that I am doing what I'm supposed to do instead of just focusing on living my life and just being who I am. But I was focused on like checking things off from what I saw, you know. Fair, that is, that is a fair answer. I think a lot of us um, feel that pressure. That's why I wanted to include that question, you know, in this series. So what was your wildest experience as a 20 something? Ooh, wildest experience um, as a 20 something. You know, I, I had a lot of pretty wild moments as a 20 something. Um, I don't know if I, <laughs> if I can uh, say anything particularly. Uh, let me right, right. That's like really, really tame. Um, yeah, you know, roller coasters and shit. I don't know. Elevators, stairways, you know, things happen. I can't really think of anything in particular, but I just know it was a lot of craziness. Let's let's skip that question, John. Ooh, next. Okay. But then, I felt a little shamed. Hold on. Ooh. No, 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 no. Because the next question is, is a two-part question. Okay. How did you approach sex in your 20s? 
Okay. Well, sex in my twenties. Um, I didn't start having sex until my twenties. So sex in my twenties, it was, it was cool. You know, it was very, I only can do it if I'm in a relationship with you type of thing. So it wasn't as exciting in my early twenties, mid twenties, um, towards the end, I started to get like a little fuck it attitude and then it got really exciting. But majority of my 20s was very vanilla very like you know we're in a relationship but you know whatever they wanted to do I was not whatever but you know most of the things right but yeah it was it was pretty standard pretty basic yeah it wasn't you know anything to write home about yeah yeah would you say sex in your 30s is better than your 20s or sex in your 20s better than your 30s I would say my 30s was better because um I feel like the twenties, I didn't really know what was going on. I was kind of trying to feel it out and figure it out. And I assumed a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then as I, you know, evolved more as a sexual person, I realized, oh, wait a minute, this is all about me. Actually, it's not about me giving all of it. It's about me receiving and giving. So uh, in my thirties, it's, it's a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Okay. How did you approach love in your 20s? You kind of touched on it earlier with the fairy tale part, yeah. but how did you approach romance and love in your 20s? I approached it very wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, very, mm. um, very expectant of good things. I wasn't really pessimistic about anything at all. Everything was very optimistic. You know, red flags were very much so pink. I didn't really look at them like, oh, that's a cute little color. Look at that. It's not red, but it's pink, but it was still a color. So uh, very, um, very overly optimistic, I would say. Um, now I think it's not, I wouldn't say pessimistic. I think I'm more realist, but right. before I think I approached it just in, in very like, la la la, like, oh, everything's going to be great. This is going to be great. Everything I want is going to happen. And yeah, no. Would you say you were a better girlfriend in your 20s or where you're at right now in your life? Uh, I think I think better now where I'm at in my life because um, I still do the same things. Like I still want the person, my partner that I'm with to feel, you know, loved, wanted, cared for and all that stuff. So I still do the catering part. Right. But I also make sure I cater to myself and make sure I am getting back what it is that I'm giving. So I think, yeah, it, it's it's immensely better now. Okay. So the discussion of race and race relations, Mm -hmm. how was that for you as a 20 something? Uh, You know, it was always around, but it wasn't really in the forefront of my mind, you know, like if something ever really happened racially, that's when I would think about it, but I can't even really think of a moment in my twenties where I had to deal with uh, racism or having to feel a certain way because of my race or vice versa, or looking at somebody a certain way because of their race. I didn't really, it kind of just was what it was. Like I am who I am, everybody is who they are. That's what it was. But nowadays it's a lot different, which sounds weird because it's not like racism and all that stuff has has gone away. Right, It's just that I, I personally haven't, and if I was affected, it obviously didn't bother me because I don't really think about it. Right. Listen, John, you know, I don't really deal with ignorance very well. You know what I'm saying? If I can't right. really fuck you up with it, then I just got to ignore you. And I literally will ignore it. 
So if anything had happened in my past when it came to that, it's, I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't let it, let it really do anything. I'm sorry. No, that that's a great approach to that. I mean, navigating the world as a black woman in your twenties, I, I, I can't, of course I can't share that experience. I'm pretty sure that had its highs and its lows, mm-hmm. um, right? Yeah, it definitely did. Like, I mean, I was in corporate America during the time and, um, you know, I'm sure I had to deal with a lot of bullshit that had to do with my race, but I just, my thought process back then was more so I, I can observe and I understand what's going on, but I'm not going to let it affect me or even get down, down deep into me where I'm like, oh my God, this person did this thing because I'm black or they acted like this because I'm black. And then I take it with me. I kind of just look at it and be like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I move on from it. So I'm not saying I haven't experienced anything, but I really don't. I'd I'd really have to sit and think about, you know, what happened because when, when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I can't let that negativity fester within myself. Right. How did you navigate friendships as a 20-something? Uh, friendships as a 20-something was actually very difficult because a lot really? of Really? It was because a lot of my friends um, that I had when I was in my 20s uh, came from uh, elementary, junior high, high school. So it was like, basically, we all have grown into something other than who we were when we were, you know, 12 or in the 12th grade or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it was actually at the time where they were changing, I was changing. And it was a a lot of like, it was it was actually pretty difficult when it came to friends um, in my 20s, only because like I said, they were really close with me. And then we all started kind of growing apart. But this is all we knew. So we kept trying to keep it together. Mm -hmm. But it just it wouldn't work, you know, so it was it was it was very tough <laughs> when it came to my friends um, in my in my 20s. I do remember um, like I lost one of my well, like my best friend that I knew since we were like babies um, during a really tough time. Like my mom, my mom had got di- diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and she was upset at me because a guy had like she thought the guy liked me, but that was with her. It was something so petty and stupid. But I was so like taken aback because I lost her over something so petty while I was going through something so heavy and I didn't understand what what it was. But now I'm older, I get, you know, we were actually growing apart. She was, we were growing up together. And when you grow up together, sometimes you are going in different directions, but you're so comfortable and used to what you're used to that you kind of force everything else to keep going the same. Right. And I feel like in that situation, we were just forcing it and it just had to end, but it just ended in a kind of abrupt way. So I learned a lot in my 20s when it came to friendships, but it was more so learning how to accept people as they evolve into the new person that they're going to be. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't gel. Sometimes you don't gel with them and vice versa. So it was a learning experience for sure. What type of men did Tyrese like in her 20s? And the second part of that is, is it still the same in your 30s? Oh, um, let's see, you know, first of all, I want to say I love how you're talking to me like I'm still in my 30s because I do say I'm still in my 30s. You know, I just had my birthday. I know, but you never tell a lady's age. You, I... don't. you don't. You're right. So let's just say, yes. Potomac <laughs> etiquette. Hello, darling. You're right. you're right. My bad. I just, you know, transparency. But as long as you know, you can cut that shit out. So boom. What was the question again? 
<laughs> what type of men did you like in your 20s? And what type of yeah. men do you yes. like now? Is there a difference? Is, okay. Are there similarities? You know, the men I liked in my 20s were very much so um, <laughs> musically inclined. I was okay. very um, <laughs> attracted to musicians. I dated a rapper, a drummer. Yes, <laughs> I know that's right. Audio engineer. So yeah, I really loved men that were in music or in anything with the arts. I love it. And I still do. I definitely still do. I don't go for musicians because uh, something's not right with them. But Ooh, okay, <laughs> it's just not okay. Okay. It's, in order right. to understand music, you gotta you gotta be off a little bit because music is very very intricate. But anyways, um, but yeah, I, I still have the same the same taste. I like men that like arts, um, music, movies, poetry, writing, all that good stuff. So As, let's get to the nitty gritty. Aesthetically, what kind of men did you go for? Oh, aesthetics. We gotta get we're gonna go there. John, you know stupid is John, do you know what is dumb is I am this is and you know I think about this all the time. I'm like, you know what, God, I don't know who you created me for, but I feel like he might be some ugly motherfucker that you Ah, have out here. Because I'm gonna tell you, I, I mean I have a type, but then I don't because I'm more personality driven. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they have to have like some like luscious lips, you know, like pillows. They have to have eyes that I can look into and get lost into. Um, They have to not have a receding hairline. And if they do, it has to be off, you know, just cut it all the way off. I like a bald head. But other than that, um, if your personality is good, you could literally look like Gollum. And I'll be like, wow, he's so sexy. Because look at how you be talking to me and shit. Hey, Gollum. So, yeah. It, it, it doesn't oh matter. Ooh, ooh, I, mean, I, will I, say so, I was so vain in my 20s. So I want to say there was a good stretch in my early 20s. Listeners, Tylees, don't judge me. I, the, the prototype for the kind of guy that I went for in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because when Joe Budden came out, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Not Joe Joe Button. What? No, no, no. Hear me out. So remember, so I was in my early 20s when Joe Button had really first came on the scene. So this is like 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. So I want to say from like 1998 through like, we'll say 2005, that like, that aesthetic was the aesthetic of the majority of the guys that I was dealing with, you know, talking to, they fit that certain aesthetic. It was like, I just signed my Def Jam contract aesthetic. <laughs> like that, like those are the type of niggas that I was like, okay, these are my type. How you doing? I don't want the preppy dudes from the country club, but yeah. So I, but I'm vain and I own my shit, so. Wow, yeah. You you might be, I don't know if it's vain or if you just have a, a physical type. My thing is more so personality. Like physical, yes. Like, now, I now at close to 40, it's personality. Like I don't have a type per se, like any aesthetic I'll go for. So John, you've never talked to somebody and they've had this just dope personality that just clicked with you, but you know, physically it wasn't really there, but then their personality just kind of upped it. So it's like, yeah, no. 
So, ah, uh, okay. So I, this, this is probably the most recent, like I want to say maybe six or seven years ago, I was dating this guy I used to call the doctor. He was not necessarily the best looking. Mm-hmm. I remember the doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what he looks like. So he wasn't the best looking, but his speaking voice and the swag and the way he walk right. and you know just his interactions and his attention to eye contact and just picking up on the little things that made up for you know where he might have lacked physically I mean he wasn't ugly I, you know but once right. you really get to know I'm glad you asked me that once you I really got to know him and his personality I was like you know what from a six to a 7.25 there it is check it out that's it john you see it's nothing under a five it's nothing actually probably under a six right i'm not like you know oh my god this fucking roach just spoke spoke to me and so beautifully i want to speak to this roach like no it's not like that you gotta think that's what the kids call medium ugly is that what is that what it is is yeah i would say medium medium to mild ugly yeah medium ugly medium there you go boom medium ugly but yeah so drum roll our final question for you were your 20s roaring or boring oh shit my 20s were roaring you understand i know that's right i know that's right i am (laughs) two for one on this question thank you tylese for having the roaring being the lead because they were roaring they they were like i even like talking about it now, I'm just smiling because I'm like, yeah, bitch, you've been through some shit in a good way, in a good way. Like, yeah, I've, I've lived. What does Wendy say with her cigarette? Wendy Williams, I've lived, darling. I have lived. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. Well, time least, it is a joy as always. Take us out with something very Tylese inspired. Oh, my goodness. Uh, put me on the spot. Listen. I just want to say, (laughs) I just want everybody to just continue to be your authentic self. Okay. Don't judge, just love that. That is what I want to say. Don't judge, just love. That's it. I know that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap on Tylee's. Bye guys. (laughs) Bye.